Welcome to the BMJ podcast. In the last few weeks, we've been feverish in our coverage of vaccines. What the evidence base for them is, how they've been evaluated and licensed, and who's going to get them first. But what we haven't really covered is what it's like to do and take part in one of those vaccine trials. In this special podcast, we're going to hear from John Wright, who's director of the Bradford Institute for Health Research. He's been keeping a doctor's diary for BBC Radio. And in this podcast, we're going to do a deeper dive into that audio, finding out about the people working on and volunteering to test a coronavirus vaccine. Hello, my name's John Wright. I'm a doctor and an epidemiologist and a veteran of cholera, HIV and Ebola epidemics in sub-Saharan Africa. Since the start of the COVID pandemic, I've been recording with my colleagues and patients at the Bradford Royal Infirmary where I work. And in these podcasts, I'll be focusing on emerging research, clinical practice and personal experiences of COVID-19. Starting with this program on our search for a vaccine. To ensure that we live in a COVID-free world, it's really important that we work towards producing a vaccine which can vaccinate our entire country and, and the world to get rid of COVID-19. So it's really important that we enroll into the national... Bradford is one of the top 10 clinical research centres in the country. And so we were keen to help out with the most important trials of our times. We had hoped to get the Pfizer vaccine, but as transmission rates in the UK plunged over the summer, the company looked elsewhere to recruit. As rates took off again in the autumn, we have lined up three different vaccine candidates. National uh, NHS COVID vaccine registry, which can be accessed on www.nhs.uk slash coronavirus. Please volunteer, because by having a COVID-free world, this will be the dawn of a new beginning for all of us. Our trials are led by consultant respiratory physician, Dr. Dinesh Saralaya. Hello, good afternoon who began the search for over 500 volunteers for our first study. The first thing to ask is to tell you is thank you for volunteering. Welcome to Team Bradford in our race to find a vaccine for COVID-19. This is the first of many trials we'll be doing here. During the course of the trial, there is a chance that if you get any adverse event, we will unblind you. But it will be purely at the discretion of the sponsor and the regulatory authorities. But um, more importantly, There will be a 24-hour helpline for you if you develop any adverse events during the course of the trial. There will be a helpline for you to contact. Most of the adverse events that we see are very mild. Um, Maybe local uh, reactions at the site of the injection. Very small proportion of people get a fever after 24-48 hours. So what we do is two things. I'll do a brief physical examination on you to make sure you're in the best of health to take part in the trial. And what I'm doing now is recording your blood pressure. We are trialling the Novavax vaccine and need to recruit around 40 volunteers a day. They will receive either the vaccine or a placebo and will be followed up at regular intervals for the next year. It's a huge undertaking, not least because we want the participants in our trials to be representative of the ethnic mix in our city. So in any clinical trial, nothing can proceed without informed consent, which is voluntary from your side. Please read these boxes, the last one, and if you can initial each of those boxes for me, please. One of our first decisions was where to run the trial. 
Our clinical trials facility at the hospital would be the natural place, but people are nervous about coming near hospitals these days. We decided to set up at the university, and most of us will be moving backwards and forth as we juggle clinics and patient care with the trial. We will photocopy this and give you a copy. Okay. Hi, I'm Mala Munisami, one of the doctors, clinical fellows on clinical research facility. Participants have come from all sorts of backgrounds. Um, basically, they're all well motivated, I must say, and want to stick to the study, all that the study requires and the length of time for a year. They're all quite motivated. Few of them are a little bit shifty, <laughs> one or two, but um, otherwise they're fine, they're fine. What do you mean by shifty? Shifty, well, they seem to be a little nervous in the beginning, uh, before consenting, and then once they've signed the consent form, they seem to relax a lot, that yeah. they've got through and they've been accepted on the trial. It's a big decision, I suppose, isn't it? So yeah. all that sort of build-up as to whether you're going to get it, and as soon as you've got your signature on the page, I guess it's like you know, a contract, you feel as though, right. Yeah, you can't send me away now. Yeah. yeah. And uh, at that point where they sign their contract too, everything is fine. Yeah. Um, but afterwards, we've had two of them come back with positive COVID test. Because mm. um, we're screening everybody. Just as we're part screening of everybody. Um, but some of these tests, uh, if we'd done it, you know, a little bit earlier, we would have known the test results and they would have been screen failures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now they are part of the trial already. So um, what, are, what are people's anxieties? What are they worried about? Yeah, one, the flu vaccine. Mm. That's what they're very worried about. Can I have my flu vaccine? Mm. Secondly, if there is a vaccine in the community and one that's approved, can I have it? because I'm on the trial, do I have to say no to it? And these are the two commonest questions people have. So Ian, good afternoon, and thank you for taking part. Okay. Um, so my name is Professor Saralaya. I'm the principal investigator for the Novavax vaccine trial in Bradford. Ian is one of the volunteers who has cycled in today. He seems fairly relaxed about volunteering. And you don't have any other medical problems, do you? No. And you're not on any regular medications? No, I take uh, supplements, vitamin D. Are you on any drug, uh, any drug allergies you have? No. So now what we do is we're going to test, do a baseline COVID swab on you. All right? Mm-hmm. So I will teach you because it will, you'll be given three swab kits to take home with you. Okay. So could you take your mask off, please? The Novavax vaccine uses a protein subunit from the infamous COVID spike to trigger the body's immune response. It is one of the novel and exciting platforms that's being used by the 200 plus vaccine candidates that have been developed at remarkable speed. I'm very passionate about this trial because this Novavax trial, the NHS is conducting for an American sponsor and showing what we can do. The study was set up in two weeks. We got a call on a Friday to have a pre-site qualification visit the following Tuesday, in four days time. The same Friday, three days later, we had our site initiation visit. The week after the contract was signed, all the kits and the systems were activated on Monday and we started vaccinating on, vaccinating on the Tuesday. Exactly 14 days. When you can set up a trial in two weeks and run it so well. What's keeping us, sometimes the average trial setup in this country is three months. Get it up and running, show what we can do in the NHS. Bradford is a good place to run a vaccine trial because we have both a high incidence rate of COVID-19 up to 600 per 100,000 during October when the trial was being set up. 
And we also have a large South Asian population who are particularly at risk of catching and dying from the virus. That's why it's so important to do vaccine trials where the infection is prevalent. And that's why Bradford is the key. We just had a system-wide call that seems to be in the virus prevalence this time, certainly a north-south divide. Remember last time it started from the south and went up north. So we're watching two weeks behind London, what was happening in London. But this time it doesn't seem to be. The north seems to be disproportionately affected. And this is where we need to be doing the vaccine trials because you know there's a background of the virus floating around. The only way you'll know the efficacy, and that's why I think Bradford is going to be so key to all the vaccine trials that we do here. By this stage in the pandemic, so many people in the city have been affected by COVID. I'm teamed up with Samina, a research nurse whose own parents and brother have been very ill. Uh, my dad became positive a, a few days after he went to the mosque. Did, he, did he think it was from the mosque or from work? It was from mosque. Mm -hmm. It was from mosque. Um, and uh, three days later, he started with symptoms of a cough. And he was, originally said to me, Samina, I've got a bit of a cold. And, uh, and, uh, and I heard the cough on the phone and I thought, that's not right. So I managed to get him home test kits and I went over and did swabs both my mum and my dad. They both came back positive. Yeah. And then my mum became quite unwell after that. And, and she um, was admitted to 31, Admitted to 31, yeah. yeah. So your mum, how, how long was she in hospital for? She was in for four, four nights. So since then, uh, my dad has become quite dependent on me now. Um, he's always ringing me for everything. You know, before he was a very independent uh, person, he um, used to go out walking four or five times a day to go to the mosque and he actually looked after the mosque but he's given all that up. Kim is another of the research nurses. But she enjoys a unique position in the vaccine trial. She's the only one of us who knows whether people are getting the vaccine or the placebo. What's people's reaction? Do, are they naturally curious about what they're getting? Because yeah. you know, don't you? I do. I do. Um, You're the only person who knows. I am. So every day I have a, a second person to check because obviously it is a drug and we have to go for trust guidelines with double signatures. So every day there's a second person to check out, but I am the only person who's here every day, so I know exactly what every patient's got. So all 500 I'll know. One of the questions I do get is, uh, what's the point in the placebo? Well. There's actually quite a lot. We've got to prove that the vaccine actually does what we're saying it does or want it to do. We've also got the antibodies as well. So we're taking the blood samples for both arms. So if someone's got some pre-existing antibodies, so for example, they've not had COVID or they've not said they've had COVID, but they've got those antibodies, it'd be really useful to find out if the antibodies are lasting or how long they're lasting for, because we don't have that accurate evidence base yet. And that's a great comparison against the live vaccine, well, the vaccine arm as well. Um, so that's quite interesting, uh, as, as well as obviously um, proving if the vaccine works or not. Dr Faisal Ali is a histopathologist at the hospital. He's never volunteered for a trial before, but he's opted for this one because he knows how important it is to role model for his South Asian community. I've never taken part in a drug trial before, uh, but in this case, it, it was a phase three trial. It had already been tested on people as well as animals prior. So 200 or so. Yeah, 200 or so. Mm -hmm. To me, I felt I, I could accept the risk mm. personally. Mm. Yeah, and you more you more than most as a histopathologist. Yeah. I mean, you know, we do sort of yeah. the outside body bit of it, but you're that's doing right. sort of cellular. You that's understand right. most more that, than most. Well, you? that's right. That's right. So I, I I went into it with obviously more knowledge than the average person would, and I felt okay. The risk to me in my in my view are minimal, 
And so I was willing to take that risk. So I've been running the vaccine trial as well. I do it on Mondays. And uh, one thing which is very obvious is um, that the participants tend to be very white and very middle class. I noticed that when when I've been to the trial centre too. Yeah, so I think out of our 500 volunteers for this first round, I think 3% were of South Asian heritage. Yes. Is that an issue... Is that one of the reasons why you... That, that was another reason, yes. I mean, I, I wasn't surprised by that statistic, but then again... It's 30% uh, of the population of Bradford. Exa- exactly. South Asian yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, yes. I'm not surprised by that statistic, though. I mean, there's, there's many reasons you can say. And to me, it's, it's all anecdotal and hearsay, what I get, because I don't actually speak to patients, you see, in the same way you can. Um, so all I get is anecdotal evidence, what's being sent around on WhatsApp groups... Uh, what I hear from friends, what I hear from colleagues here as to why they don't take part. And, and what do you hear? What's, what well, are the stories that go around? Number one, there's a big lack of awareness for a start. I think, I think where these trials are promoted, the media that these trials are promoted, they tend not to be those where the Asian community tend to um, get their news from. That's, that's, and that's my opinion. And then once you, once you get over that and you explain it, then, then other reasons... Uh, become apparent, such as uh, safety. Is it is it a safe vaccine? That the, and then uh, get coronavirus mm. by having the vaccine. So that, it's deliberately infecting you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes. And then the the issue, particularly in Bradford, is it a halal? We don't believe it's halal. Mm. Maybe if they see me taking part, it might have it might change in one or two minds, but. Mm. You know, I can understand the suspicion because there yeah. have been cases of vaccines and... They have, yeah, they have, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, some vaccines do have egg products, don't they? And uh, yeah. there are, I mean, for the Hindu community, there's some strict Hindus who will not yeah. accept any egg products either. Yeah. Um, so so that's another reason. And then, and then after that, you get some weird and wacky things going around WhatsApp groups such as, oh, it's being, the chips are going to be injected into us and that sort of Thing, but it's all the Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly that sort of thing. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Intelligence. You have to know this is not just a vaccine. We're being connected. Dr. Saralai has been touring the mosques in an effort to build up trust, but he's battling a wave of conspiracy theories circulating on WhatsApp groups and other forms of social media. Who's doing this? We don't have answers yet, but this is something real to know. And what I don't like about it even more than the usual thing about the toxic uh, metals that are in vaccines that make our bodies literally into an antenna with 5G, uh, this one... Nicola works in primary care, and she was keen to be part of our trial. She sees how prevalent the anti-vaccine fake news reports are. So it's um, Dewsbury Health Centre it's based out of. What's your job? Well, I've been doing assisting the nurses going out to COVID positive patients. So, and what do people say when, when you tell them that you volunteered for the vaccine? Some of them have been like, oh, do you know what's going on? And I'm a bit like, yeah. I say, I trust. I've been a science teacher. I obviously work in the NHS now. I trust science. I trust the process. So, I've got no qualms about it in that sense. But I think some people who don't necessarily understand what trials are and how they work. Maybe they're a little bit upset, they're confused about it, but I'm quite happy with how it works. And do you hear a lot of false news and false rumours? Lots of false news, yeah. We get it through the flu clinic at the moment. They're convinced that we're going to inject them with something else other than the flu jab. So it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting times. Lots of, 
what, what's the thing? Fake news, lots yeah. of that around. Wait outside, they will take you to randomization next. Thank you. So and I then it's to, the vaccine. So I go to just Please. this outside here? If you just wait outside, Lucy will draw you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you. The scale of the task of vaccinating so many people is daunting. The COVID vaccines require a booster dose after a couple of weeks and may need to be repeated annually or even more frequently. But finding enough trained vaccinators will be yet another challenge. There are plans to bring back retired nurses, vets, staff from other sectors to support this rollout. Even the use of the army has been mooted. Though given all the conspiracy theories flying around about microchips and surveillance, this is probably not such a wise option. So, Stephen, we've done here. Right, so you'll need to follow the guys. Right. Take your folder. She'll give you the folder. Yep. Yeah, just this one. Thank you, Lucy. The excitement in our team is palpable. Dr. Saralaya isn't alone in staying well after our last volunteers have left. Well, it's very interesting for me. It's been, I think, the most gratifying phase of my research career. Being part of a trial which found a, one of the treatments for COVID-19 was huge. But this is completely a different buzz, I should say. Monday into Tuesday, I hardly slept. Yesterday was probably 3 o'clock, woke up, and I was thinking what's going to happen today because today was a big day. Very worried for the girls. They worked pretty hard. They left this place at 9 o'clock last night. I think from next weekend, we'll get patients calling us and talking us about symptoms. So we need a helpline to mind that and somebody to reassure them. I've already had one email from a gentleman who felt that his injection was a bit painful and he's asked me, will it be efficacious? So I've got a reply to that. Everything seems to be running really well, in part because of the planning, but also due to the partnership we've established with the people of our city. In March, we set up a COVID Scientific Advisory Group, or CSAG, in Bradford to support both community and clinical research. This has helped us to become one of the biggest recruiter to national studies, but also more importantly, to develop a really deep understanding of our community needs and opinions. Last week, I went to the mosque here in a plea. We've had few sign-ups from there, but we want to have more at least. And my goal, I would consider this trial a success if I get lot of South Asian participants. Inner city Bradford, 71% belong to the BAME community. Whole of Bradford is probably about 20, 21%. Let's see at least 20% of our population participant. That's 100 subjects in our 500 cohort. Let's see, we'll get that. And, and so let's go back to the volunteers. I mean, yeah. they, they must want to know whether they're getting the placebo or the, the active vaccine. Honestly, I've only had about three question i've had one jokingly say you know if i had a gun would you tell me yeah. obviously my response was have you got a gun <laughs> um but no they're they're all really you know they're happy to be helping they really want to be here they're, i think the the process that we've got with the informed consent coming to see you guys um that we've got very minimum questions when they get here they're, they're happy to have both arms um so when they do mention or you know if it's a placebo or not because of the importance of the placebo, I feel quite a lot of people are quite happy with the arm as well. Um, and then obviously you, you hear a lot of uh, negative press with vaccines. So people who are a little bit unsure, sometimes are more sure when you've got a placebo. So there's a good chance they're actually not getting the vaccine at all. So it, there's reassurance there as well. When I ask you, don't take your mask off for the moment. Nigel Demoline is perhaps not entirely representative as a volunteer. He has a more personal reason than most for wanting to take part. His wife, Pauline, was one of the early victims of the pandemic. She was 56 
and worked as a church administrator in Skipton. Fit and healthy, she shrugged off her initial tiredness and cough, thinking it must be linked to her asthma. And um, you're uh, re- semi-retired? Uh, yeah, because I'll probably go up and do something. Um, now my wife's not around, there's no point mm. being at home. So yeah, semi-retired, I've yeah. lost myself at the moment. And a musician before that? Musician in the forces, yeah. yeah. Started at the age of 16 at the Army Junior School of Music in Bobbington. Fantastic. Age of 15, left home and off you go down. It's yeah. scary. But what instruments? Uh, clarinet and saxophone. Oh, I play clarinet and saxophone. <laughs> not, not as well as you, I, I suspect. But, um, uh, you probably will do these days because I haven't touched it for a long time. But, yeah. So, yeah. so how long were you in the forces for? About 11 years. Mm-hmm. So all the bands and stuff. Oh, that... Yeah, it's uh, 16th Queen's Royal Lancers, yeah. uh, cavalry. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, tell me what happened to your wife. My wife, um, she hadn't been very well for a, a while. Uh, so we went down to the hospital on a Wednesday evening. Um, when was this? This was about oh, late March, 25th, I think, was the day she went into hospital. So right at the start of the pandemic. We right, yeah, to yeah we just literally got into lockdown on the Monday. We were unsure as to whether to go down to the hospital or not, because it's safe. Um, but we went down and um, she was having great difficulty breathing. Mm. Um, was she on a CPAP machine? Uh, no, she had uh, oxygen. oxygen, just yeah, oxygen, yeah. the 2%, I think, she was out on the oxygen. Yeah. Which was the maximum they could give at the time. But, did you, yeah. did you, when, when you were in hospital, did you, you presumably you just didn't imagine that she was going to disappear no. so quickly? No, it was just a complete, complete surprise. What a shock. How old was she when she died then? 56. Mm. And then you were in lockdown for weeks after that? Yeah, yeah. And it was who was at home? Me. Just by yourself? Yeah. And yeah. how are you feeling now? I, I have good days, I have bad days. Mm. Mm. So. After her death, Nigel struggled to make sense of things. He was one of the first to volunteer for our trial, and he has no worries or reservations. And you're here volunteering for the vaccine trial? Yeah. That's a very, very brave thing to do. Um, I think it's something I need to do. I, I think... Mm. I need to do it for. Well, I guess I say it's my duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I registered for it a while ago. Didn't think anything was coming of it, to be honest with you. But um, got the email ten days ago. It's just a little bit I can do. Well, it's a wonderful thing, Nigel. Okay. Really, really. And uh, given what's happened to you over the last few months, that mm-hmm. a few people say that you're brave. I'm not. I can't do anything else but be. Mm. You've got to get on and get on with life. Mm. I'll get on. I'll have done something. I feel like I'm doing something. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's a lovely thing to do in her memory, actually, in Pauline's memory. So, yeah. um, well, that, that gives us more motivation to to make this sure this trial works well, and yeah. uh, let's hope we get an effective vaccine and yeah. stop, you know, other Paulines from around the world from dying. Yeah. What I'd like you to do now is to just check the statements of consent and initial each of the boxes. And you get any strange questions or concerns? Strange. No, none so far. Mm. Got highly motivated volunteers, really, haven't you? If yes. you're going to turn up here, if you're going to put your name on the list and come yeah. along, yeah. You generally, you've ex- you've decided to do something, haven't you? Yeah, I think they're all just fed up. They want their life back to normal. That's most of the, the commonest comment is that I'm fed up. I want to contribute. Yeah. So people from all sorts of backgrounds, they're aware of everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, it's interesting. For a lot of clinical trials, you know, if it's, you know, in hospital, people 
are quite cursory sometimes about how they look at the information sheets, but here you can tell everybody's yes. studied it in detail. Yeah. Even from simple backgrounds, I had a plasterer and I had uh, somebody who was a bus driver. Everybody has read the protocol. Properly informed consent. Yeah. Yes. And have you had any volunteers who've just skipped off after the consent, who haven't actually gone on to get the vaccine? Yes, I think we had one. Did the whole works, tests, everything, was waiting for his vaccine and then he disappeared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't know why. Just, we don't know, because he mind. left. Yeah, yes, yeah. change of mind. Mm, yeah. I think some people come, but they're still not very sure. Would you have, the, would you have a vaccine and a trial? Yes, I would. All of our volunteers are now being seen for the second dose, which we administer 21 days after the first injection. So just tell me what your name is. Uh, Daniel Meller. And you're a volunteer for the vaccine trial? Correct. This is your second dose? Yes. You just had it? Yes. And how did it go? Um, fine. It was um, very uh, quick. Yeah. Quick process. And have you had any problems since the... So you had the first vaccination three weeks Three weeks ago, ago yeah. And did you have any side effects, any uh, sore arms or anything like that? Not at all, really. Um, the nurse who gave me the vaccine said I might have, like, a, a bruise or a sore arm for a couple of days, but absolutely nothing, no. And why did you volunteer? I've been interested in, in kind of doing clinical trials for, for a while. When you look online, a lot of them require you to go and stay somewhere for two, three weeks, maybe even longer, because I've got work. <laughs> I, can't, I can't really do that. Um, so as this one's just, you know, um, a couple of hours or, or, or so during the day, it's a lot, a lot easier for me to do it. So well, if I you're going to choose do... one trial, this is the trial yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah. so, OK, Definitely, thanks, Danny. Yeah. Well, let's hope cool. you don't have any further problems and uh, we'll keep an eye on yeah. you over the next 12 months. Cool. Our volunteers come from all over the community. For those working in the medical world, the trial is one of the things they can do as individuals to even up the fight against the virus and to keep our community safe. In the course of my day job, uh, working as a pathologist, I uh, perform post-mortem examinations and I've seen the... It's quite a, a tragic toll it's taken up on the people of West Yorkshire. Not just in terms of the number of deaths, but also the... the so doing post-mortems on patients who've had COVID-19. Exactly, who've died, that's COVID who died in the community without the diagnosis mm -hmm. being made there. They've just had some symptoms which have suggested COVID, but um, they've not been consulting with any doctor, and so they've had no diagnosis as such, and so no, nobody can uh, say what they died from. On those cases, we've been performing post-mortems, we've been doing swabs, and um, I personally, myself, have... Um, uh, diagnosed in the region of what twenty thirty, I think, over the last six months. Who, uh, who, who weren't? Who you didn't know what the cause who, of death who, was? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, that's right. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm. And a lot of them have been actually from the BAME communities. Actually, the the, undi the undiagnosed, the ones who die at home. So you've been seeing the harm. You've been seeing the sort yeah. of tragic endpoints of COVID nineteen. Is that did that make you volunteer for the trial? Then? Uh, it certainly did. And obviously, hearing about the um, particularly. Uh, uh, severe effects and uh, the effects on mortality was said to have on the BAME community as well. I thought, what, 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 what can I do? What, uh, how can I play a part? Uh, and I thought, this, I, I, could, I could do this. This seems fairly straightforward. Welcome back, Nigel. Thank you. Uh, how, how have you been? Uh, fine, in, in general. Um, 
hope I've got the actual real vaccine, not the uh, yeah, placebo. Everybody wants to have the real vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we can't tell you because well, I, I don't know, as you know, no, um, and right. you don't know. So that's the whole point of a double-blind trial. Yeah. Um, we've checked your, your antibodies at yeah. the first visit when I saw you, um, but yeah. we can't even share those with you, I'm afraid. Right, OK. Uh, it would be nice to know whether you've had it or not. But yeah. again, if we shared results like that, it may change people's behaviours if they think they've oh, had right. it. So it's okay. best that nobody knows anything. And we'll continue doing your antibody levels yeah. over the next okay. year. And how are you feeling three weeks in now? Yeah, no problem. Pleased to be, so, pleased yeah. to be part of it. Yeah, I'm still very pleased to be part of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay, good. Well, um, second dose, this is the booster dose. We're finding with all the vaccines that they trigger some response to your antibodies and your immune system, but it takes a booster dose really to ramp that up to levels that we think will give you uh, immunity for, right. for, the, for the virus. And we'll do, do your blood pressure and the physical examination okay. again. So if you just slip your, your coat off, we should be able to... That's all for this edition of My Doctor's Diary. In the next programme, I will be covering long COVID, talking to patients who are experiencing the long-haul effects of COVID-19, and to doctors and health professionals who are helping to understand why some people are affected and others are not, and what we can do to support patients in their recovery. I'm Dr John Wright, and I can be reached on Twitter at DrJohnWright or at the Bradford Royal Infirmary. Thank you for listening. We'll have a few more of these diaries from John, so keep an ear out. As always, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts from. That's it for this episode. We'll be back soon with the last Second Wave podcast of the year, as well as some more well-being before all the Christmas podcasts start. So until then, thanks for listening.